Hello guys and welcome to Watson Euro. We are going to talk about England Germany, probably the most interesting last 16 fixture with Tom Rennie and with you of course, so leave a comment below in the comment section and you will have the chance to win a £10 free bet with Novibet. And of course, do not forget to click on the like button, subscribe to our channel and click on the bell to get all the notifications. And now let's go on with the show. So let's analyze the most interesting last uh, 16 game. In my opinion, we have England, Germany. How are you, Tom? Um, yes, I'm just looking forward to it coming home. I've worn this England shirt specifically for this preview. So confident am I that it's coming home. Uh, are you actually? Yeah. No, of course not. Ah. No, you'll find out in my predictions in moments from now. But I wanted to give the facade of confidence at the start. Ah, That's right. drawn people in. People are going to stay with us now for this video because they're like, oh, he's a big Patriot. He's a big England fan. They're definitely going to win. And the longer they stay, they'll realize we're going home. Yeah, because I remember you've been uh, kind of uh, critic with your national team, but there are many, many stats, positive stats for England, also positive for Germany. So we can pick uh, both sides. Let's start, let's say, with the positive things for England. Last five hmm. games, they haven't conceded. They have not lost in the last nine games. The last defeat was against Belgium in the Nations League. A team that actually, if someone is betting for both to both teams to score, we can uh, go later for this market. This is something that England is not doing lately. Uh, again, they have not considered a single goal in this tournament. The bad side, of course, about England, only two goals. Kane is not informed and there are mm. doubts in the attacking line. Grealish uh, shine a little bit, no, we can say, in the last game, at least when he played against uh, Czech Republic. And Germany is a team that concedes a lot, a lot. The defense is uh, very weak. Even Hungary was able to score two goals. So this is all the positive things we can say for England, staying positive yeah. for your national team. And also the odds, uh, England is favorite. We have odds 2.65, Germany 3.06. So slightly favorite. Mm -hmm. Remember that they are playing in Wembley. Very tight, very tight, very slight, slight favourites. Um, I wouldn't be calling England or Germany favourites. It's paper thin is the gap between these two teams, which it shouldn't be considering that Germany are kind of transitioning from the Yogi Love era. They've got a bunch of players who are 20 and a bunch of players who are 30. And no one is really at the peak of their powers at this tournament. England have a young team, but they have three or four players who I watch and I think, yeah, that they are peaking right now. This is the best run of their career. Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, uh, Harry Maguire, John Stones. There's a few there and you think this this should be a team that's that's closer to their absolute best than maybe Germany are, right? But that's a, a kind of very thin overview of these two teams. With England, I was fascinated this week to see the amount of press that was saying that whatever happens in this game, Gareth Southgate will get a new contract. Gareth Southgate will stay on as England manager. And look, I like Gareth Southgate as in his, his 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 personality and his leadership credentials. I mean, he is the de facto leader of the opposition in this country. You know, he is the, the kind of socialist leader of this nation at this point, talking about the collective and talking about, you know, his letter in the, in the, the Players' Tribune pre-tournament. You must have read it. It was lovely, wasn't it? It was, it was, everyone read it and thought, yeah, what a great guy. But then we've watched the team and 
the Croatia game was arduous, but they won. The Scotland game was an atrocious performance, but they didn't lose when they probably should have done. Um, the Czech Republic game, upon reflection, watching the Czechs go through against the Dutch at the weekend, maybe that's a better performance now than maybe we thought it was, but I still don't think it was a particularly good performance. If England lose this game on Tuesday against Germany, this tournament has been Fabio Capello bad. It's been Fabio Capello bad. It's been Algeria bad, right? That's how bad it has been. And yet people are talking about new contract. Performances on the field have been nowhere near good enough. And so this needs to be the first of a growing, developing step up into this tournament from England. Um, if we don't get that, then I would expect Gareth Southgate to be considering his position because this would have been a really poor tournament if they go out. Considering as well, as you mentioned, they're at home. It's non-stop home games. I saw something a couple of days ago which said England, of all the teams, obviously have travelled zero miles for games. Where others, like Wales, have travelled over 5,000. They played in Baku, they played in Amsterdam, they've been everywhere. And they couldn't get home fans into one of their games. So a lot of things favour England. The performances have been poor in terms of entertainment, at least. Some would say seven points, no goals conceded. As you mentioned, pretty good. Um, Central defence, it'll be Maguire and Stones. Fullbacks, anyone's guess. Every single fullback has played badly. All of them, Luke Shaw has offered nothing. Ben Chilwell, we don't know if he's going to be fit. Carl Walker has been atrocious when he's played in this tournament. Shouldn't be anywhere near this team, but he comes in in case they need pace. Reese James offered nothing going forward. Kieran Trippier's free kicks and corners in the first game were dreadful, which is kind of what he's there for. We've got four right backs going into the tournament. Three went in the end, none of them any good. It's, it's been a bit weird because you expect one of them to have been able to, to cut it at this point. Midfield, only Declan Rice, I think, is an assured starter. I would expect Henderson to come in for Phillips, but who knows how fit he has been. And I would expect Mason Mount to play, but who knows what's happened with him in terms of training on his own and if he's fit enough. But he's been England's best performer over the last 18 months or so, so I'd bring him in. And then the front three, you mentioned it. Harry Kane, what's going on? What's happening with him? I, you know... You mentioned it last week. It, it feels like we've got Tottenham's Harry Kane in terms of he's dropping deep, he's playing number 10, he's trying to play others in, as opposed to number nine Harry Kane, which is what England need. England need Alan Shearer right now. They don't need Tottenham's every man. And Raheem Sterling scored two, but he's played pretty poorly. On the other side, the only person who's played well is Bukayo Saka, but I can't see him starting in this game despite his performance against the Czech Republic. I expect Phil Foden to come back in, but that gives you Sterling, Kane and Foden, which ain't worked. So, a lot of headaches, a lot of questions, but Gareth Southgate needs to answer those questions because he's had three years to plan for this tournament. I expect him to have a solution to break down, as you mentioned, a pretty poor defensive Germany. If we're looking at odds for England, um, it's so razor thin. It's so razor thin to go for a win each way. I wouldn't bother with that. I expect this game to be quite tight. And you can get England to win on penalties for around 12 to 15 to 1 across the various markets this morning. That is interesting. Germany is around 11 to 13 to 1 as I look this morning as well. If you go across the various bookies, that's pretty good as well. I expect tight. And history tells us these games do tend to go to penalties. Not just England-Germany, but last 16 games between pretty similar rivals. You know, the game between Belgium and, and Portugal was separated by a one great goal. Apart from that... Could have gone to penalties, couldn't it? Like, it was narrow. Right. You're going to get narrow. So, in terms of, of England, England to win on penalties, 
goalless all the way through. A win to nil for England's around four to five to one, which isn't too bad. Again, Germany's the same sort of odds. So one of these teams to win to nil is better than one of these two teams to win. But I picked one out this morning that I quite like. England to win one nil, Raheem Sterling to score. You can get as a double around about 30, 35 to one. That'll fluctuate. That might come down, but Sterling will play. He's England's only goal scorer so far. And if England are going to win, I feel like they've got to not concede. If they do and start chasing it, the front players have not given me confidence so far to make me feel like they could do it. You talked, uh, Tom, of course, England has been quite uh, dull, boring, especially for the normal football fan. On the yeah. other side, we have Germany. Uh, Germany came to the tournament with uh, zero expectations, actually. The results weren't good. They uh, conceded six, six goals against Spain. They lost to Macedonia. The results weren't good. Uh, you mentioned, no? They are in transition. Love is uh, leaving. Flick is arriving. But here we are in a big tournament and we always have to count in considerations the Germans and the thing is that they are really, really entertaining. I always take Radek that also for a normal fan, you see uh, the German lineup and it's really good, especially the midfield is great. Of course, the problem uh, is in the defense. We knew it before the tournament and we know now mm. against France, they were really poor also offensively. They conceded three goals, although two were in offside. They conceded two goals against Portugal. They conceded two goals against Hungary. So the problem is there. It's not Neuer's problem, of course. It's the whole defense as an overall. But uh, they have the quality and something that I was not expecting, especially after the first game, especially after mm. the whole season we've seen, Kai Havers is scoring. And that's uh, good news for Germany. I mean, one of them was literally a header on the goal line. I, I know, it, he still scored it, he still had to be there, but I would have scored that. And, uh, you know, I hate, I hate when people do that. Oh, I could have done that, but I genuinely would have scored it. That's how easy it was, right? Like, I'm not a good footballer, but I would have scored that. Anyone would have scored that, you know. But, you know, he's played okay. The thing is with Kai Havertz, you know, people talk about his two goals and had loads of shots in this tournament. Kai Havertz is unreliable. He is unreliable in a gambling market. He's unreliable in a football team market. Why? Because he can get distracted by a butterfly. He will be standing there in the field and see a pretty butterfly and he'll be like, oh, what's happening? And suddenly he's wandered out to the left wing and he's got the ball at his feet. Precociously, brilliantly talented. He has no role in a football team. And sometimes you'll get great performances, great goals, great moments. Other times you'll get, did he play? And... It makes it very difficult for opposition teams to, to, to mark him and to follow him. Um, but also, I'm sure it makes it very difficult for Germany to play with him. Um, I'll tell you what's interesting about Germany for me is that there was so much controversy, however long ago it was, when Yogi Love decided no more Thomas Muller, no more Mats Hummels. And then this tournament obviously is his last tournament and he can see that his team have got deficiencies and he's gone, let's bring those guys back in. And I think Thomas Muller coming back in has been a masterstroke. Thomas Muller is, is one of my favorite players of all time. He does everything. Yeah, I mean, any football fan, I think, loves this guy. Um, incredible personality, shows it on the field. And you listen to all the German players in their interviews, how much they love him being there, how much they love his infectious attitude, how much they love what he gives them off the field, crosses that white line, different guy, all business, shouting at everyone still, but it ain't funny this time. This is, I'll, I'll tell you what to do. 
And I think that's made Kai Havertz better. I think that's made Germany better. And he would be the key man here for Germany. If you're looking for goal scorer markets, that's where I would look. There's good markets right now on doubles of Sterling and Muller to score in this game. Now, I still think one of these teams is going to win 2-0 or it goes to penalties. That's my gut feeling on it. But there's some interesting markets there to look into. Um, but Muller, good. Matt Hummels, bad. That was a poor decision. A poor decision. Now, I couldn't tell you the depth of German centre-halves in the Bundesliga. I know a few. You know, I watched the league, but I couldn't tell you what was in Yogi Love's thinking. You know, there's, I know they've got some injuries. Um, they've got Rudiger, but they don't feel like he can play in a two. I don't think he's great in a two, but I do think Rudiger and Ginter need someone else to hold them together. The fact that it's Hummels, you know, I think he looks weak in the tackle. I think he looks a bit slow. He looks poorly positioned. And some great recovery tackles have saved him in this tournament. But his all-round game, his, his positional play, the own goal he scored, everything has been nowhere near peak Hummels of six, seven years ago. He's only 32. He looks 48. Um, that's a big concern for Germany. You mentioned defensively. I agree completely. The three doesn't quite make sense. Gundogan and Kroos, great players in midfield. Does it work as a pair? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't quite get it. So I'd probably, if I were Germany, look to put Joshua Kimmich in the centre of midfield with someone else, maybe him and Gundogan, get someone else at right wing back. Otherwise, I don't see Gundogan and Cruz finding a way past if it was Henderson and Rice, for example. I think Kimmich could be the difference if they move him central, then who plays in the right wing back position if it's a 3-4-3? That's another question that Yogi Love has to answer. And the front three, there kind of is no front three. It's a bunch of flitters, right? It's a, It could be Havertz, Sane, Gnabry. They put Kevin Volland on a couple of weeks ago, who, you know, doesn't look like he has played international football for five years because he's not played international football for five years. So there's lots of issues there. Lots of issues with Germany. Um, but they're Germany. And they have Thomas Muller. And they love playing at Wembley. Last team to ever win there. Of course, won there in the famous European Championships of 1996. Um, they love the new Wembley. They love the old Wembley. They love playing England in major tournaments. And a lot's been made of the rivalry. But there is no rivalry. There's no rivalry because England don't win it. You can't have a rival or you keep on beating. If you keep on beating them, they don't care about you. It, it's the same in domestic football. Everyone hates up the ladder. International football is the same. England want to be Germany. Germany want to be France. And it goes up in that way. The battles of European football have not been between these two nations but this may be the first time since 2000 when they met in the European Championships where England go into it for me as the better team with the better players they were both useless in that tournament England won that one game 1-0 got knocked out as did Germany um, but I think England go into it with better players at home as well this is Germany's first away game they played their three games in Munich so just about England, I would say. I mentioned to you a few times. I think it will be tight. I think it will be 1-0. I think it will be under 1.5 goals to win this game. If there is to be a scoreline after 90, I'd be looking at 1-1 through to penalties. And then on penalties, which I think feel quite likely here, I think you get quite good odds either way if you do it pre-game. We have uh, under two goals. We can check actually the under market that we always uh, love it. The total market under two goals pays 2.43. So that could be a good bet. And in this case, then you think uh, the English style 
will uh, be the reigning one in this game because Germany is more free flow. We are seeing they attack quite mm. well, even if they don't have a top scorer like they used to have, like Klose or whatever. But the defense is so bad, so you expect a tight game, the same as we saw Belgium, Portugal, Italy, Austria, something like that. And also, Tom, uh, I think we forgot to mention one key player for Germany that I like a lot in the Serie Gossens. He's been uh, kind of the differential yeah. player for this national team that no one expected. Yeah, you're right. I think he's been their, their, their best performer across the games. And he's another one that talked about the influence of Thomas Muller this week. Uh, brilliant against Portugal, probably the player of the field that day. He's, he's industrious, he's dangerous. He's got a wonderful first touch. His crossing is great. It'd be great if he had someone to cross too. Um, but maybe this week, that's what they've been working on. What's it been? Six, seven days since their last game. If they can find a way to get him to link up with Muller, link up with Havertz, link up with whoever plays in that front three, I think you're absolutely right. It's a great shout. I think he could be a massive threat. Then again, it goes back to England. They picked every right back they could find. I'm sure there'll be a plan to close him down because that's where the main outlet has been for Germany so far. But um, it's, it's so tight, this one. It is so tight. It's one of those ones where my head tells me England, but my gut tells me Germany. And that's why tight, tight game is what I'm going for. My gut tells me Germany as well. And you mentioned the, how important is this uh, rivalry in the history of football. Uh, they've met England, faced uh, Germany for the eighth time in a major tournament, so World Cup or Euros. And the last time uh, England eliminated the Germans in the knockout round, also you mentioned it, was the World Cup, uh, I mean, in 1966, also yeah. in Wembley. And the last time they met in an international tournament, was in 2010 in the World Cup, and that time Germany thrashed uh, England for one. So for sure, there are no good memories for the English when they have to face uh, Germany. Most of mm. the teams is the same. Germany. In... <laughs> when it comes to big tournaments, they are always there, and we all know. But let's see what is happening in this Euro. England came as a favorite to these Euros, and so far they are picking more points than Germany. But it's true that Germany had very, very tough rivals. So let's uh, go for undermarket, for a tight game, for a draw, maybe for penalties. All these are Tom's tips. Thanks, Tom, and good luck, of course. Thank you. Now you have all the info to get in this very interesting England-Germany. Who are you backing? Let me know in the comment section and you will have the chance to win a £10 free bet with Novibet. And of course, thumbs up if you enjoy our video, subscribe to our channel and click on the bell to get all the notifications. And also we have a podcast for you in case you want to listen to our videos in a podcast. See you very soon.